So we've had some really good speakers the last week, so I feel a bit of pressure. I feel like the bar is really high, and now like for two really good speakers. And um, I think Mark Malerich, I heard him, I thought, oh, this is my role model. This is who I want to be. Such an amazing man of God. I love him. Um, but today we're going to look at worry, or more accurately, not worrying. And I'm not a person who worries much. Uh, so I'm probably not the best person to talk about this, uh, sorry, uh, but, uh, I, but I just want to kind of clarify that um, these are a hard thing, and I, I know that there's kind of normal worry and there's kind of deeper anxiety, and uh, I don't want to kind of just touch it as a simple thing and, um, and just kind of touch it, touch it in the surface when actually I know that there's kind of bigger issues with this, with this um, theme. So. Uh, if, if you kind of suffer with a lot of worry and anxiety, um, please don't feel I'm, I'm simplifying. I'm, I'm just going to talk about more the kind of normal worries. But if, if you've got issues with that, please speak to someone. I've got a lovely team of pastoral workers who would love to speak to you. I'd love to speak to you. And sometimes we need to sign posts to GPs when uh, that's necessary. But I just want to give that little caveat before I talk and I kind of mess things up a bit. Sorry. Um, but the passage today, which we're going to see in a while, starts with this phrase, therefore I tell you. Um, so... It has to be, when, when, when you start a sermon with, therefore I tell you, you have to remember what was spoken last week. And if you remember last week, we heard about not being enslaved to money, not letting money own us. Um, we were presented with this idea of two masters, either God or money, and who are we going to follow, who are we going to decide to kind of give our hearts to. Um, and obviously the challenge or the, the recommendation was to follow Jesus, obviously. Um, but we basically talking about not letting money, worry for money, consume our minds. Let not our whole focus in life be money. Um, instead, focus on something much bigger like God and his kingdom. And today we're going to look at that in, in, in a kind of different way. But, but the, the heart of it is still the same thing. It's that seeking God first. It's seeking God's kingdom first. It's again, Jesus is expanding on this idea of You've got money and you've got God. Which are you going to seek for? Which are you going to go for? Um, and that's what we're going to be looking at. So um, let's have a look at the passage, which is there. So it's quite small on the screen, so I'm going to turn around. Sorry about that. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can anyone of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need, that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 
Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So is Jesus saying that food, drink, shelter, clothing is not something we need? Of course not. He's just saying don't run after them. Don't make that your priority. Don't let that be your goal or your master. And throughout the whole passage, Jesus is talking about what are we seeking what are we looking for in our hearts and in our minds? And today we'll probably talk more about what makes you tick, what is your strong desire, what is your ambition, what makes you wake up in the morning, what are the things that you're going to put effort into. And the, the, the idea behind this is not to get absorbed into material things and let that become your desire. Don't let that be your focus because... Actually, it won't satisfy, as we heard last week. That doesn't satisfy. It's an unproductive way of putting our focus on something. It won't give what it says it will. But if we put our focus on Jesus, it's something very different. And actually, as I was reflecting on this, I realized it's not even a worthy cause. Because if you look at animals, animals live to feed, and that's basically, basically live to survive, don't they? They just try and survive. That's their, their main goal, is to have food for the day, and that's it. So they live, live and they focus just on that. But we are better than that, aren't we? We are created for something much more than that, than just our food, our clothes, our entertainment. We are created to do something much bigger than that. So we're going to be looking at worry today. And the, the main thing we look at is this. Can anyone of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And many times when, when I look at these kind of more maybe psychological themes, I, I tend to search a bit online, and I always end up in the same website. So I guess it's a good one, but I'm not 100% sure. It might be that they put a lot of money in Google, and that's why it takes me there. But it seems trustworthy, and it's called Psychology Today. Any of the psychologists in the room thinks it's, it's more or less right? No? <laughs> yeah. Helen, Helen's backing me, even though she's not a psychologist. Love that. Um, but but um, as I was looking at that, it says that when people grow older, especially in the last days of their life, they usually say, I wish I'd worried less. I wish I'd worried less. That's a kind of common theme across people who are dying. Because worry brings tension, poor sleep, irritability, fatigue, problems concentrating, and general unhappiness. And therefore, when we get older, we realize, why did we worry so much? We didn't gain anything about it. So let's look at um, this little graph I prepared. I'm very proud about my little graph. Um, it took me like 10 hours to prepare. Um, <laughs> now, I was getting creative with PowerPoint, and this is what I came up with. Um, you can take a picture if you want. Take it posted on Facebook and just, I'm really happy with it. But basically, um, looking at what worry, how, how does worry come about? It comes about basically through fear or overwhelming fear of the future. That's what starts the, the kind of worry in us. And then that creates distorted views of the world. Then a problem that we see gets exaggerated. Then um, we, we start reaching random conclusions based on that fear. And also we, we start getting distorted views of 
why it's important to worry. We kind of think, if I don't worry, I don't care. We start connecting our care with our worrying. Like, if you really care for the people of Ukraine, then we're going to worry a lot. We, we kind of have this connection, which is, is not real, which is not true. And the other thing is, we, we kind of think, and this is the psychologist talking, not me, I stole this idea from them, is that we kind of think that by worrying, we are magically helping the situation. We think that if we worry, in some magical way, we're going to help the situation go better. So the, we have to worry more, because then it means that we care more, and the situation's going to get better. And that's not true. And at the end of the day, through this worrying and these distorted views of the world, we create tension to ourselves, we sleep worse, and we are generally less happy. And therefore, um, this kind of overwhelming, unhealthy fear of the future and worry is not good for us, it's not good for the people around us, and it doesn't produce very good things. But does Jesus therefore say that we don't have to be concerned about things? Do we just have to kind of not look at, at problems around us and, and just kind of live as if nothing happens? Don't look at news, don't look at anything, just put your head in a little box and then nothing, we won't hear about anything that's wrong. Um, and I, I just want to show a clip of a movie which will help us understand this, or at least my view of it. And it's a really good movie. If you haven't watched it, have a look at it. This is not real. This is not real. This is not real. This isn't happening. Kate, uh, tell me this isn't really happening. I hear there's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh. For you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet is what we call a planet killer. At this exact moment, I say we sit tight and assess. Sit tight and assess? Sit tight. And then assess. The sit tight part comes first, then you gotta digest it. That's the assessment period. This is the worst news in the history of humanity. He just blew us off. What are we gonna do? We have to release the information. So we just leak it. Yes, today have made a pretty big discovery in space. How big is this thing going? I can't destroy my ex-wife's house. Is that possible? <laughs> there is a 100% chance that we're all going to die. Hey, hey. Well, the handsome astronomer can come back anytime, but the yelling lady, mm, not, so not so much. We're going to get the news out there one way or another. It's real and it's coming. Jesus Christ, you could have just called me. This comet contains $30 trillion worth of material. What do trillions of dollars matter if we're all going to die? Oh, no, what if we're rich? That would be terrible. You guys discovered a comet? I have a tattoo of a shooting star on my back. Oh, that's, that's terrific. <laughs> So that, that's the other thing we do with problems, don't we look the other way? We live as, as if they never happened. Um, it's a really fun movie if you've got time to watch it. So let's look at how, how can we respond to a problem instead of worrying as much. And uh, this is my other graph, which again you can post on, on Facebook if you want. Uh, and it's, it's basically it's seeing the problem, it's acknowledging that there is a problem, it's not looking the other way, there is a problem, we address it, and then we react to it. We care, we are energized, we act, we pray, we do something about the problem. 
kind of what's in our reach. And we, the good thing is, as Christians, we always have prayer to bring to God. And at the end of the day, then we embrace uncertainty. And this is the harder bit. We can't control everything. We can't control the future. We can't control what will happen. We can't control, like I can't control what happens with my kid when he's at school. There's a lot of things we can't control, but we embrace uncertainty. We say, I can't control it, but I can trust in God. I can pray about it, give it to him, and then trust. And I think that's, that's a much better way when we have a problem, is we see the problem, we react, we do our best, we pray, but then we try to embrace uncertainty, which is probably the hardest bit. So I don't know what you worry about. Um, I don't tend to worry about my clothes too much. I think I probably have clothes to live the next five or 10 years without having to buy anything. I don't, I don't worry too much uh, about putting uh, food on our table either, uh, just because of uh, our financial situation. I, I don't worry about the kind of, probably the things that Jesus is talking about, but I do worry about other things. I worry about the future of my kids. I worry about things I can't control. I worry about the future of the church generally. I worry about what will my kids see in a church in 20, 30 years' time. I worry that as a church, globally, we are too entertained and too distracted and not probably listening to what God might be calling us to do. So I do worry about many things. But then I choose to come to Jesus. Then I choose to come and worship with all of you. And when I worship and when I put my eyes on Jesus, when I, I'm kind of immersed in, in worshiping him and singing his songs, suddenly those worries, those problems take a second place in my life. They're not as important. Suddenly I'm looking at something different, seeking him, and all of that kind of isn't as important. Or at home, I go into my, my little room office upstairs and I pray, and when I pray, I realize that God is there and I know him and I know who he is and I know what he can do. And in a way, those worries take a second place. It doesn't mean that every now and then I won't worry about these things or whatever I worry about. But when I seek God first, when I am in his presence, when I'm worshiping, when I'm praying, all of those things kind of take a second place and I seek his kingdom first and I can trust that he has my back, that he is holding my things together. And actually, I was, I was preaching this morning this exact same sermon, and someone had, had a picture during, during the talk, and they said, look, this is what, what I had in my, in my mind when you were talking. And he said, I, I could imagine myself grabbing all this stuff. You know when you're grabbing loads of stuff and trying to take them upstairs to a room or something, and you're just holding many things together, and you kind of walk like this to try and grab them? And he said, I could imagine myself like that, and, and then um, thinking... Well, actually, God has me in his hands, and he has all my stuff in his hands. He's saying, like, you don't need to hold them. I'll take them with you. If I have you in my hands, all these little worries, all these little things you're holding, I'll take them with you. Just let go. They're going to fall into my hands. And I loved that image. And that's an image God gave someone when we are talking about worrying and giving things to him. And Philippians 4 says, do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and I don't think I both the don't worry or don't be anxious it's not a, a command it's not a don't be anxious or don't be worried like a, an angry God saying you, you're not trusting me enough it's actually a God saying don't be anxious don't be worried 
Come, come and seek me first, and I'll put things into place, and I'll be with you throughout this difficult situation. It's God's loving, graceful voice just saying, don't worry, don't be anxious. I am with you. I've got this. I've got your back. Um, and as I was looking at this, um, uh, I was looking at, at some things about Ukraine, and I found a, um, an article written by uh, one of a minister who is in Ukraine, and he said it. he chose... Um, not to flee the country even though he could because he wanted to stay with his people and he wanted to stay to support his people. And this is what he says. And while the church may not fight like the nation, we still believe we have a role to play in this struggle. We will shelter the weak, serve the suffering and mend the broken. And as we do, we offer the unshakable hope of Christ and his gospel. While we feel may feel helpless in the face of such a crisis, we pray like Esther. Our hope is that the Lord will remove the danger as he did for his ancient people. And as we stay, we pray the church in Ukraine will faithfully trust the Lord and serve our neighbors. And as I was thinking of worry and, and the heart of the message we find in the Bible today was, don't worry, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I was thinking, this is exactly what this guy is doing. Him and his family, staying and praying and doing God's work and putting God first and saying, we're going to seek this first and, and sharing with the people around him. And I love that he chose to do that. And um, I was also impressed by uh, looking at uh, the Ukrainian church while they were being bombarded. And let's have a look at, at what they were doing while there was bombs coming over the city. And this is them underground. Anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And in that same interview, the, uh, the, the preacher um, Vasil said, if a church is not relevant in a time of crisis, it's not relevant in a time of peace. Fascinating. They're really, really seeking God's kingdom in the midst of a crisis. And as we, as we look at our passage today and, and what we heard last week, the message is basically the same as do not worry, do not be too concerned, but seek my kingdom first. Seek me and I will put everything into place. And that's Jesus' promise for us. He's not promising an easy life. He's not promising that everything's going to work and we're not going to have hardship. But he, pray, he, he promises that he'll be with us. And as we seek him first, everything else comes into place. And I'm going to invite the band to come up. And if you'd like to stand with me as we pray and we respond to this by saying, Jesus, I want to seek your kingdom. I want to seek you first. I want to give you that first place and pray that everything else will fall into place around that. So shall we stand? And let's pray.
Jesus, as we seek your kingdom first, 